This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, good afternoon. I'm Roshan Kanison and welcome to Enterprise BizBytes. It's Monday, November 20th. It's World Children's Day. And in 2022, about 29% of graduates had starting salaries below 1,999 ringgit a month. And around 40% of degree and diploma holders were underemployed. This according to research conducted by Rapid Youth Success Entrepreneurship or RISE project earlier this year. The survey results went up until the mid of the year. Now, why are we bringing this up today? Because in conjunction with World Children's Day, today our focus is going to be, given that tougher and more uncertain job market, could the development of entrepreneurial skills and traits in children and younger people be the answer to higher salaries and better employment in the longer run, even if they don't end up starting their own businesses. In conjunction with World Children's Day, today we focus on why we should be nurturing and developing entrepreneurial skills and traits in children with Bikesh Lakmichan, founder of Leap Ventures, as well as Manmeet Kaur, Super Curriculum Coordinator at Help International School. Thank you both for joining me on the line. Now, if you have any thoughts on uh, any thoughts on this at all, you can WhatsApp us on our U mobile number at 018-789-8899 or you can reach us at BFM Radio. Um, getting straight into it, uh, because and my meet. Let's start a little bit with, you know, with the ever-changing landscape of business. Uh, it is extremely important that we identify and nurture business-savvy children uh, to better prepare them for their, you know, pot- potential entrepreneurial ju- entrepreneurial journeys, but also, you know, to develop them in other ways as well. Because we have a lot of concerns over underemployment and such. Um, because let's start with you. What are some of the early indications that suggest a child has, you know, business-savvy traits? Yeah, sure. So I think one of the common things we see, because I have a five-year-old, try to compare what I see in a five-year-old and a youngest we've invested in is 17 in Health International School, and we have founders coming in at 19. I, I think some of the key things we saw was curiosity, not just asking questions, but they also wanted to find the answers themselves. Um, there was a degree of passion within the subject matter that they were curious about. They all seem to be quite persistent. I think we see that in our kids, right? They just hmm. on and on. There's no off switch in these people. Um, and some parts of it, I don't know whether it's ingrained or they see from surroundings. That they're willing to take risks and, and try things they're unfamiliar with. That's a hard one to figure out how it comes from where. But the curiosity was the key thing that we, we saw. Interesting. Well, I'm sure we'll explore more on this a little later. Uh, Manmeet, is there anything you'd like to add uh, to what Bikesh said earlier? Um, I think following on what Bikesh mentioned about you know being curious, some of these skills are inherent in nature. Some of them have these skills. But some students mm-hmm. actually need to be nurtured. And this can be done if you look academically through a structured curriculum. Um for me as an educator, there is a, a point in our program where we get our students to engage in speed networking. And this is where we notice that um, they self-assess their competencies. They identify their passions. So this is where we see their passions coming through. And they embark on a speed networking session. And it's almost oh. like personal branding, you know, where they negotiate <laughs> um, being part of a team. Why is it that they... They, they, they shouldn't be part of this team, what knowledge and understandings they have. Um, they use their analytical mindset and their creativity. And then we can then see um, their motivation, their leadership skills coming through. 
So using this um, sort of baseline observation that, that, that we see, we start nurturing these traits, you know, building their knowledge in an engaging and safe environment. So then they are driven to create um, an impact-based solution and um, drive, drive that passion through, continue to ask those uh, relevant questions. Um, Bikesh, yeah. You work with local startups, uh, both on an operational and an investment level as well. And you've met yet many young entrepreneurs. We had a session earlier, uh, a few months back about this. Uh, talk to us a little bit about how early exposure to business concepts can positively impact a child's entrepreneurial mindset and problem-solving skills. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We always think experience is key, right? So when you start a startup and you know former foundation of work before that, very different. They, they definitely will struggle a little bit more compared to someone who's worked in a consulting practice, way older, quit right. the jobs, come to his pitch. Oh, naturally, we love investing in people like that. But it doesn't mean it's not impossible. So the common thing we saw was people that grew up with such foundations of being, having a mom or dad or both within the business space, the entrepreneurs, um, we, we've had, in fact, we employed an 18-year-old that already had an exit wow. under their belt just because the dad's an entrepreneur. And they would have challenges among themselves to say that, oh, let's see who can build an e-commerce site to make more money. Which one makes more money? Even the 19-year-old that we basically invested into um, had a passion in the education space. But growing up, seeing relatives and family basically in the business space, they were okay to say that, my first job could be with a startup and I wanted to start my own. So what, what reciprocates is because the parents are in the field of starting up their own business, they allow their kids to basically, they're not worried like, oh my God, my kid's going to be a startup. Is he going to make or she going to make <laughs> enough money? They allow them to fail and take those challenges upon them. Um, and they, they're supportive. In fact, some of them call us then saying, I actually seeded, I angel invested in my son. So I'm hoping that, you know, you see this as an investment and help me get my money back. Um, <laughs> so it's interesting conversations. It's all the folks. Um, in line with that, Manmeet, you know, you have over 10 years of teaching experience and you handle not only local, but you know, foreign students as well. Could you tell us how important it is that educators provide early exposure to business concepts that correlates with academic achievements as well, of course, and cognitive development in children and uh, younger people. So this is speaking from our personal experience with our project purpose. When we first implemented it, we actually had our students volunteer um, in an old folks home, um, but they got fired. <laughs> I mean, how often do you hear volunteers being fired, right? They were so passionate about building and a garden that they thought was their ideal garden. They would not be open to take any, you know, feedback, any any comments from from anyone else. And so the 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 person running the old folks home actually called us and says, "Take them back. We don't want them back <laughs> ever." Um, they were so concerned and fixated of the the end product, but it's actually the process. You know, we say trust the process. And the process that we have implemented, we hope um, it will have a transformative impact on the students while they're in school. Not only that, but when they leave school, for them to be able to contribute positively to our community. And so um, when we emphasize uh, to students that in order to make a change, you have to step out of your comfort zone. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so instead of just working individually now, you've got to work in teams 
and not just to a three-week project. It's a two-year-long program <laughs> where we get them engaging in a design thinking process. But we begin this with an empathy mapping, which means the students need to uh, thoroughly understand their user. What are their frustrations? What motivates their user? What are the goals and habits of this user prior to even innovating a solution? And then the process of innovation is actually a cycle. You know, it begins with them defining a problem. They ideate through the different perspectives. Um, they don't pass judgments. They are open to each other's views. They then build their prototype and test out their solution. So what we try to do is actually bring a social dimension into the classroom with, the, and with this um, element of um, empathy, which generates their compassion. And then they work in teams um, so that they can appreciate that life is full of dichotomous views. You know, there's not <laughs> one right answer. And in order for them to navigate you know, through this duality of nature, we give them choices, but with limitations. We give them freedom, but with responsibility. So in, in, in a nutshell, we hope to ignite passion for, for lifelong learning in children so we can actually nurture compassionate, resilient, critical thinkers so that they can survive in this, um, in this changing environment. Uh, Manmi, on that note, in 2022, as I mentioned earlier, about it was found that about 29% of graduates had starting salaries below 1,999 ringgit a month, and around 40% of degree and diploma holders were underemployed. Um, what specific business skills should be nurtured in children to enhance their potential for future success in the business world? Um, yeah, so the statistics you've mentioned, yes, we've read a lot about this. Um, speaking from my personal experience, I graduated as an engineer and here I am today, a curriculum hmm. coordinator. So I believe that what got me through the years is being adaptable, having those um, set of transferable skills. Now, any graduate of any discipline, if um, you look at their background, their training, they should be trained in both technical and essential skills. So these technical skills would be the knowledge specific or really the discipline specific. For instance, if it's business, then it would be business management, project mm -hmm. management. But essential skills, on the other hand, are these transferable skills, uh, which include communication, creative problem solving, collaboration, self-management. And these can actually transfer from one career area to the next. And um, so in order for us to, to build those transferable skills, for instance, you know, getting students to listen and speak, you know, so they can um, listen empathetically, communicate their thoughts and also influence the decision of someone else, work in a team or even lead a team, um, staying positive in the face of uh, adversity and finally just creatively problem solving uh, where, you know, we give them uh, a scenario, for instance, get them to critically analyze it, um, encourage them to keep an open mind, you know, to hear the different perspectives and then draw up uh, certain solutions. So I think to summarize, I believe that these transferable skills would allow them to be self-regulated adult learners. And I think this is an important trait for them to have in order to succeed. Um, uh, Bikesh, anything you'd like to add to what uh, Manmeet said there? Yeah, I've seen me cover the entire gambit of stuff. But <laughs> what's funny is, you know, the skill sets that she's talking about now teaching what all six, right? These are these are all six students, I guess you'd say, are things that 
corporates, like multinationals are asking us to come in now and saying, teach my older employees such skill sets. Hmm. So I, I think that is the future, right? Things like design thinking, the art of problem solving. It's not really something new. It's quite a dated uh, methodology, but just not exposed enough. Um, things like financial literacy, I think giving kids the basics to understand that, of course, that starts at home too. But in school, how do you enforce such things? And then, of course, you know, beyond academic, the, the digital skills. We, we start seeing kids learn coding in schools. You know, I think it just started at the earliest age possible. Um, they learn maybe no code tools, the new ones, mm. which just drag and drop. Everyone should know how to build a basic website or basic utility for themselves. Uh, digital marketing, because all this will be very practical, not just as if you start a startup, but if you're marketing your HR, imagine the things you could do on your own uh, without resorting to IT or external people. You could you could do this first, right? So that's why we always say having the skill sets of being an entrepreneur doesn't mean you, know, you need to go and be a business owner. It doesn't mean to go start a business. But having everyone with that skill set of being entrepreneurial where right. accountability is key, right? Every little thing you do from HR to marketing to procurement, you do it thinking like a business owner, right? Understanding what is the issue, how do I solve this? How do I experiment with a solution first before I go to the board and, and come up with a resolution why and how we're going to do this, the risk, the cost, and how we sustain this. You find that the employees today that have a, a more wholesome approach to addressing issues. So start teaching kids, younger people with the skill sets, not just college, but way earlier. And I think it's going to make a huge impact on everything. Because I really like that. And, uh, you know, we've got a lot more to discuss, which we will do after a few messages. Folks, I've been speaking with Vikesh Lakmichan, founder of Lead Ventures, as well as Manmeet Core, Super Curriculum Coordinator at Help International School. And in conjunction with World Children's Day today, we've been talking about the importance of inculcating and nurturing business savviness in children and what we can learn from that as well. I'm Roshan Kanesan. Keep it here to BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Boring, fake, macho. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, welcome back to Enterprise Biz Bites. I'm Roshan Kunison, and that was you two with Elevation. This afternoon, I've been speaking with Bikesh Lakmichan, founder of Leap Ventures, as well as Manmeet Kaur, Super Curriculum Coordinator at Help International School. And we've been talking about the importance of nurturing business skills and entrepreneurial traits among children in conjunction with World Children's Day today. Now, Bikesh, uh, from a business standpoint, how do you believe fostering innovation and creativity in younger people, in youths, uh, can contribute to the development of future industry leaders and business owners? I guess connecting it to the larger story of why it's important to instill all this in kids. Yeah, so like what I mentioned earlier, right, having that entrepreneurial state of mind, mm. I think that's key. And, you know, the heart of entrepreneurship is being innovative, and to be innovative, you have to be a little bit more creative because when you talk about creativity, it's not always about creating new things. Sometimes it's just about reducing, eliminating processes in between. So mm -hmm. just having this skill sets allows you to just be a better person in the workforce or a business owner or leader, uh, no questions asked. But what we just have to make sure that as we groom them for this, be it at home and schools, how do we just encourage them to questions, to explore, to experiment? I mean, I grew up 
very long time ago in the school education system. I had really great academic teachers, but I don't think so they encourage us to question <laughs> and explore, right? It was always a shut up and listen rather than a show and tell. So I think that shift has to happen because kids today are growing up with so many new influences, the rate of them learning. I look at my five-year-old, at four years old, he's already navigating Minecraft. I'm teaching him how to script and code on Minecraft already. There's so much potential in, in people today. So we have to ensure that we foster that quite early and not suppress that because they all grow up with this creative mindset. How do you just nurture that further hmm. is key. Um, Manmeet, from a academic perspective then, um, how can curriculum be designed, how can, sorry, how can curriculum design be adapted to incorporate essential business skills without compromising traditional education uh, objectives? So we need to change, right, with the changing times. And so does the curriculum. Um, when look, looking at a curriculum, there are two main elements. It's There's a content section and then there is a learning experience. Um, I went out there as a teacher to look for the best learning experience for my students. So I attended an accelerator event some time ago. And when I introduced myself as a teacher and explained why I was there, um, the entrepreneurs were actually pleasantly surprised. And, you know, um, well, some of them gave me mixed reactions. And I was wondering <laughs> if I was doing the right thing. Um, so why was I out there? Um, I was out there to look for the best learning experience I can offer my students. When it comes to curriculum, I'm so passionate and I can actually go on and on, you know, how a curriculum should be designed. But from the perspective of project focus, our program has an overarching aim for the content, which is to really empower our students to solve real world problems for our local community and creating those solutions through innovation. So last academic year, I had students with um, various solutions. Some created a tremor-free bottle. Some made an app for ordering food. Um, some had a platform for educating refugees. And then the other one had um, a platform to link volunteers. And then there was another one on sustainable fashion. So we've got all of these end products that we're trying to achieve, right? But having a structured content alone is not enough. We've got to um, couple this with a fluid learning experience. So this is the learning experience that is carefully designed to ensure that students are given um, an opportunity to experiment, to discover, to explore, and really just to increase their self-awareness, their self-acceptance, and even their self-expression. And what we're trying to do is increase openness and reduce defensiveness. So this way, I'm proud to say that we have had no volunteers fired so far. On an academic <laughs> note, how do we create this experience in the classroom? Uh, to me, I look at it through the learning domain. So it's the head, the heart, and the hands. So when we look at the head, it's really referring to their cognition. How is it that we can encourage our students to think with higher order thinking skills, you know, mm. really ask those pertinent questions, and then giving them an opportunity to justify their choices, be it the right choice or even the wrong choice. And then the heart refers to the affliction where students are then inspired and guided towards building that resilient mindset. And this is achieved when they interact with their mentors who are entrepreneurs themselves who have failed numerous times. Um, and I believe Bikesh has been instrumental in, in, in this regard. And finally, the hands. Yeah. So getting the students to actually learn by doing. So 
we say go out there, hmm. practice the skills um, that, that, that we have trained you, uh, learn to fail and then celebrate all of your small successes. <laughs> Yeah, uh, sometimes easier said than done there. Um, uh, in line with that then, uh, could you both elaborate on the, I guess, the role of mentorship, uh, not just at the workplace, but at a- academic institutions as well, in guiding younger individuals towards uh, a successful entrepreneurial path or just uh, even uh, in, uh, or just a successful path ahead? So, yeah, just looking back at our journey, I mean, my journey as an as a as a student as an educator, I've had so many mentors along the way, um, and I think relating it to the curriculum design, it's absolutely crucial um, in order to provide an authentic learning experience. So making their learning real, making it relevant. Um, we as teachers, we are mentors. I mean, day in day out, we interface our students. Uh, we are facilitators. We are role models. But what we do is very confined in the bounds of the curriculum. So um, the highlight of mentoring for, for our students is actually offered by the entrepreneurs, the local startups, and the seasoned business owners. Mm. In fact, um, we have uh, organized a great conference in school where this is now fully moderated by our students. We've got panels coming in from the local startup ecosystem who will be sharing with students their first-hand experience on how they should embrace ambiguity, learn from failure, you know, go out there, learn by doing uh, have resilience and creative confidence? And then how do you maintain a growth mindset? And we encourage our students to actually engage in group conversations, one-to-one conversations with these panelists. Um, our students are also uh, encouraged to work with mentors that are from the specific industry. And, and I must say this is on a long-term basis you know, where uh, the students will be provided guidance on how is it that they can face challenges. Mentors would share knowledge that they gain through experience. And then, of course, they benefit from the the vast network, Mm. you know, that the mentors already have. And um, our students truly look up to their mentors. They appreciate the fact that these are busy people taking time off their busy schedules just to be part of their learning journey. And just from that alone, they draw a lot of inspiration and this serves as an intrinsic motivation for them to actually power through their challenges. So we really welcome uh, mentors from various industries who are passionate about working with students to actually join uh, our team of mentors. I've got nine projects this year, <laughs> and uh, some of which are new, some are, are successions from the last year. So um, yeah, our students are really looking forward to working with their mentors. Definitely uh, some really important points highlighted there. Uh, Bikesh, any any thoughts on that? Anything you'd like to add? Yeah, so to me, it's it's like short-circuiting the process. Mm. So at every stage, you have different mentors come in to kind of just help you avoid hitting into a brick wall. You, you're going to fail. It's going to happen no matter what. But the idea is, you know, maybe don't fail as bad as <laughs> it should, right? So a founder or a mentor that comes in, be it a business owner, will tell you, well, no one can tell you exactly what to do and this will work. But we can tell you like, I did this and it didn't work out. So try and avoid this. So it's about getting as as much as you can from such founders, from the various different stages, from starting a business, going from zero to one, from a marketing, from a hiring, from a contract, from employee benefits, all that stuff of what worked, what didn't work. And then them then, as being an entrepreneur, needs to figure out how to digest this 
need guidance we give you. We're not giving you prescribed advice saying do X, Y, Z. And then see how they take this in and make it their own. So as investors, when we mentor, uh, even if we basically put in money, uh, we don't really think board seats to tell you what to do with this. There's mm. observers giving you insights of how other people did it. But I want you as a founder, because we invested in you, right? I want you to make the decision. So it's interesting. With uh, the uh, program, 17 year olds we invested into, and we see them trying to hire students internally to become developers <laughs> and if we students to become employees. And to just have that conversation with them, like, what do you think the contract should look like? How would you basically uh. pay this person? Would, so you, you prong them on the questions and you see, and then you, you kind of nurture them. Uh, it's an amazing experience. So we have this bi-weekly calls with them. Uh, it's quite enjoyable. That is certainly very interesting to really like push and prod their minds to think about these things. Um, up next, though, we'll take a look at how businesses can collaborate with educational institutions to create these kind of programs or to create more of these kind of programs, uh, even roadshows and events that can help instill and encourage these entrepreneurial skills in children and develop those business savvy traits. Folks, I've been speaking with Pikesh Lakmichan, founder of Lead Ventures, as well as Manmeet Kaur, Super Curriculum Coordinator at Help International School. We'll be back in just a bit. I'm Roshan Kanesan. Keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Being first matters. BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Enterprise BizBytes. I'm Roshan Kanesan and today joining me on the show are Bikesh Lakmichan, founder of Lead Ventures as well as Manmeet Kaur, Super Curriculum Coordinator at Help International School. And in conjunction with World, Children, World Children's Day, today we've been talking about the importance of identifying and nurturing business savvy traits among children and how to best prepare them and nurture them to be successful in their careers or in their futures. Um, Bikesh, earlier I forward sold the fact that um, talking about businesses and collaboration, right? So how can businesses collaborate with educational institutions to create programs, roadshows, or even events that can instill entrepreneurial skills in children who are showing, uh, who are showing these business savvy traits? Yeah, I, I think one easy quick way is just offer internships, right? Hmm. Uh, allow these young, fresh minds to come into your incumbent-based organizations and see things with a fresh pair of eyes. I think that that's just, that's amazing. Um, maybe even think about how you sponsor problem statements. Hmm. So how do you go to someone like Manmit and saying, this is my industry, these are the issues we're basically facing. Um, so it, it's a challenge that she can then put it into a project purpose or create a competition around it and saying, how do we get the young minds of the country today to think of their approach to solve for this? Mm-hmm. So it gives you a fresh lens on, on how to provide real-world experiences to these particular set of kids itself. And then, who knows, they could be your next workforce that you want to hire, you want to invest into, and they can really see them apply all their theoretical stuff they're learning in class and put it to practical solutions. So I think businesses play a big key role to basically foster the next generation of workforce. So don't just complain and say, hey, people are not hireable. Do something about it, right? <laughs> Go in, adopt a school, and help out. And uh, Mamit, what role do educators play in identifying and nurturing entrepreneurial potential in students? Um, I think when it comes to what we do at, uh, at HELP, it's our project purpose program, you know, which which we try to use to identify and nurture those entrepreneurial potential students. 
my students' eyes actually just light up when I say to them that, you know, that project purpose is not graded. You are not going to receive a grade on your report. Um, um, it's, it's, it's actually a hook that I use uh, for them to be engaged in the program. But I do also tell them that uh, what you give is actually what you will get. So really designing um, an, an assessment and being facilitators and role models through this process is, is, is what ensures mm. that we can start to identify and nurture this entrepreneurial potential in our students. So really from the sage on the stage to being the guide on the side, <laughs> um, educators need to be facilitators in order to successfully deliver such a student-centered project-based learning program. Um, we must acknowledge actually now that students are part of the knowledge creation. They don't just consume it, but they participate actively in constructing the knowledge. And the other side of this is really showing students that we are humans too. You know, teachers are human beings. And allowing them to see this, uh, that we are real people, enables them to then look up to us as role models because we are the ones that embody the skills that we want them to, to, to build and to practice for themselves. Um, so as independent learners through this Project Purpose Program, we've got several checkpoints. And I think the one that the students really look forward to instead of the exam is actually their demo day where they prepare a, a pitch which encompasses the body of work through two terms, which uh, is mm. about six months worth of work. Um, wow. You know, they go through several iterations. They self-reflect. They uh, understand what the strengths and the weaknesses are of their projects. And why are they doing all of this? At the end of the day, it is it, it, in hopes to, to, to secure an investment. So, you know, what you give is, is, is what you will get at the end of the day. Um. Bikesh, any uh, other specific strategies or stories that you may have heard of over the years that have shown success, I guess, in this regard? Oh, that, that I think that's all the time, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's when they are in the space of being an employee and they're living it day in, day out. And then they see that there is something here that's worth solving that my company at large does not have the capabilities, the capacities to do um, and they quit and they go and solve it. I think one key example is we're invested in two amazing female founders, right? Nadia from Pod that used to work for a large Japanese asset management company. And she saw that there's certain segments of the market I wish my company would solve for, but they didn't. Mm -hmm. She quit her job and she solved for it and she's doing amazing. She's expanded to Jakarta. She's coming over to help today to basically speak to their students. And then her boss in the same asset management company also struggled to basically empower women in financial literacy. We had a job recently and started her own startup saying, I think I can do something great with this sense of purpose. And we invested in both of them. So I think there's so many stories. They always start with that. They, they live the pain. They see the opportunity. Mm -hmm. They know how to create something that's a painkiller rather than just that, you know, fancy features that <laughs> everyone can do. But what is the crux of the, the problem to be solved? And they have a smart allowance trap. And they go ahead and just quit and build that. So where they come to us that is sometimes they don't even need money because they're all like high-flying people. <laughs> but what they don't have is sometimes the know-how and how to go from idea to product in the quickest means possible right. because that's what one means doing with the kids right now. You know, with like design thinking, MVPs. But in the corporate structure, you're, you're so ingrained with this long-winded <laughs> processes to do things. You forget how to just go to market really quick. And it's not impossible. And this is the shift we're seeing today. Right. Um, 
Now, just to close off, I guess, um, what message would both of you like to leave uh, kids and and aspiring uh, young, uh, aspiring and potential young entrepreneurs who don't just yet have the confidence to take the leap of faith to kickstart their entrepreneurial journeys? What words, what message would you like to leave them? So every big business starts as an idea, right? I think we all know that. And nobody gets it right the first time, maybe even the second time. That's, That's what pivots are for. The key is, just start. It's, it's okay to be afraid, but you cannot let fear stop you from taking the first step. It's the challenges that you face trying to basically keep going through that. That's the stuff that builds that grit, that, that perseverance that will make you into that successful entrepreneur that you read headlines about. So I can't wait to hear amazing ideas. You people listening are going to basically <laughs> know, and I look forward to you. Call me up and pitch your ideas to me. And uh, Manmeet, what message would you like to leave uh, potential to, to kids and young potential entrepreneurs out there? So as a teacher, I think my message resonates with what uh, Bikesh has said, you know, embrace your aspirations with confidence. Recognize that setbacks, it will happen for mm. sure, all right? You, 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 you will fail, but it is integral to, to, your, to your growth. Now seek mentorship, equip yourself with the knowledge and also trust in your capacity to learn and adapt. And being a physics teacher, I must say, I'll end my message with, take the leap and the force will be with you. <laughs> I really like that. Vikesh um, Manmeet, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for joining me online here. It was a pleasure to speak to both of you. Uh, folks, I was speaking with Vikesh Lakmichan, founder of Lead Ventures, as well as Manmeet Kaur, Super Curriculum Coordinator at Help International School. If you missed any part of this conversation, you can catch the podcast on our website at bfm.my or download the BFM app. Our shows are also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and other podcast players. Just look up Enterprise BizBytes and, you know, share this with a friend who you think uh, might has kids and they want to instill a different way of thinking, uh, especially when it comes to longer term business skills and entrepreneurial tendencies. Uh, looking ahead, we've got the Breakfast Girl replay happening after the 1pm news bulletin. And as we look ahead, the care economy refers to the sector of economic activity that encompasses all paid and unpaid care work, including the provision of care for individuals, families and communities. Discussions on this have arisen in prominence over the last uh, over the past year and it has been often been disproportionately borne by women contributing to the to gender inequalities Lee Minhui public policy analyst with ISIS Malaysia and PC Gun founder of Kampung Ku joins us to discuss efforts to recognize and redistribute care work more equitably and policy measures needed to improve this sector that conversation is happening in about 10 minutes after the 1pm news bulletin uh, in the meantime I'm Roshan Kanison. This has been Enterprise BizBytes. Keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.